Father's Day is almost here, but not everyone has a father worth celebrating. Or do we? Yes, Father's Day is a great day to honor your dad with steak dinners, ridiculous socks, and silly cards. But there's a far more satisfying way to approach Father's Day. So whether you have the best dad in the world, or your father was physically or spiritually absent, or your dad is no longer alive, we're going to talk about how you too can have an awesome Father's Day all to the honor and glory of God, because our God is always worth celebrating. The one true God of the universe has existed since eternity past in ultimate perfection. He spoke the cosmos into existence for his soul, honor, and glory. He moved heaven and earth to redeem mankind, even though we have nothing to offer him. And he's given us everything we need for life and godliness in his word. He deserves our worship. He deserves our adoration. He deserves our praise. I'm your host, A.M. Brucer, and this is the Celebration of God. My wife and I both have the joy of celebrating our birthdays during the same month as our respective parents' days. Mother's Day and my wife's birthday are both in May, and my birthday and Father's Day are both in June. It's like a month-long party in the Brewster home. But maybe your relationship with your dad isn't so great. Perhaps you don't look forward to Father's Day because your dad is no longer alive. So regardless of our relationships with our fathers, how do we celebrate God on Father's Day? That's the very important question we plan to tackle today, as well as describing how we can prepare for, celebrate, and disciple during Dad's Day. But before we do that, I'd like to remind you that the year-long celebration of God is a parenting resource I created for Truth Love Parent. TLP is a 501c3 nonprofit that creates free biblical parenting resources, offers training for families and those who serve them, and provides biblical counseling. And the Celebration of God is one of those free biblical parenting resources. If you have kids or serve kids in any way, I hope you'll check out truthloveparent.com. And if you caught our last episode about celebrating God on International Children's Day, then hopefully you realize that there are many more kids in your life than maybe you realized. And hopefully you also realize that God would have you minister to them in one way or another. That means that truthloveparent.com may be a very valuable resource for you as you encounter the various challenges associated with loving kids well. And while you're at truthloveparent.com, you can find today's episode notes and transcript because celebrationofgod.com is part of the TLP website. And with that, let's talk about Father's Day. Number one, the cultural difference between Mother's Day and Father's Day. As I mentioned on our Mother's Day episode, in America, we have this bad habit of focusing on all the best qualities of mothers on Mother's Day and all the worst qualities of dads on Father's Day. On that episode, I suggested that the most biblical approach would be to preach an even-handed encouragement and challenge, since God does both. God commends both parents and also corrects both parents. He celebrates dads and moms, and he challenges them both to be conformed more to his image. And since the most valuable approach is the most biblical approach, then I hope pastors won't go too easy on dads this Father's Day. Yes, let's give honor where honor is due, but let's also realize that every dad must continue to grow spiritually. But I think one of the reasons the church has come down harder on fathers is, number two, the cultural minimizing of fathers. During the 50s, it was normal to hear men admonished to take charge and lead his family. Why is that? Well, because the cultural Christianity of the decade was made up of a lot of guys taking their families to church on Sunday, but neglecting their fatherly duties the rest of the week. Slowly but surely, over the next few decades, more and more fathers were becoming absentee. Divorce rates went up, mothers were given priority over dads when it came to custody, and soon the statistics became dire. 
According to census.gov, quote, in 1968, 85% of children under 18 lived with two parents, regardless of marital status. By 2020, 70% did. That means that one in four children today do not have a father in the home, or they may have had or lost multiple father figures in that time. That's over 15 million kids living without a father. I believe this growing trend is why pastors have been so hard-hitting with the dads. And to be honest, it's been an earned response. Though the statistics aren't quite so bad in the church, the number of fatherless homes or homes where the father isn't spiritually present is staggeringly high. Still, haranguing the guys on Father's Day is not the way to fix the problem. Teaching men to better know, understand, and serve God is the only way to really fix the problem. But it seems as if many nations are practically giving up on dads. America especially has become extremely antagonistic to fathers and husbands. Thankfully, there's still a secular remnant who understands the value of present fathers. But as I said earlier, the only way to really fix the problem is to understand, number three, the divine value of fathers. I did an episode for Truth Love Parent called TLP 284, Does Your Family Mirror the Trinity? In that episode, I unpacked one of God's purposes for creating the family the way he did. He wanted the physical family to be a representation of God himself. In the same way, God the Father is hierarchically the leader of the Trinity, so earthly fathers are expected by God to be the ultimate authorities in the home. This is not because the Father is somehow better. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are all equally God, and yet they function within a hierarchy where the Spirit submits to the Son and the Son to the Father. They are all equal in form, though they are different in function. Dads are no better or worse than moms or kids, but God expects the kids to submit to mom and mom submits to dad. And if dad is doing his job, he's supposed to lead the family in the same way God leads his people. That means that a fatherless family, whether physically or spiritually fatherless, is not functioning the way God desires. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that the family's in sin. The kids can't help it if their father died, and the wife can't help it if her husband is spiritually dead, but that doesn't mean that there won't be consequences when a mature father isn't doing his duty. I hope you'll check out our Father's Day Bible reading. We've included a number of categories of biblical exhortation and teaching concerning fathers. These are the things that we must be doing. But even though God may put great value in fathers, we've already established that there are many men who are either failing in their responsibilities or who have died. Can people in those situations, people without fathers who are doing their jobs, can they really be expected to celebrate Father's Day? Good question. Number four, Father's Day for the fatherless. Whether you're new to the show or you've been with us since the beginning, we all need to recognize that our worship must start with God. Can we worship God by loving others? Yes. Can we worship God by honoring others? Yes. But celebrating people must always be rooted in celebrating God. That means that he must be preeminent, and it means that we have to celebrate the person in a way that ultimately glorifies God more than it glorifies the person. Otherwise, we're only celebrating our own way and doing what's right in our own eyes. That means that those of us with awesome dads must make sure we honor our dads for the sole purpose of worshiping our Lord. And that means that those of us without fathers, or at least without good fathers, must worship our Lord even though we have not one father to honor. And here's why I really love Father's Day, and here's why I believe Father's Day is actually more special for people who have no father to celebrate. In Psalm 68, 4 through 6, David writes, Sing to God, sing praises to his name, lift up a song for him who rides through the deserts, whose name is the Lord, and exult before him. And how does the verse, how does David go on to describe this amazing God? A father of the fatherless and a judge for the widows. 
is God in his holy habitation. God makes a home for the lonely. This was probably based on Deuteronomy 10.18, which says he executes justice for the orphan and the widow. In Psalm 29, 9-10, we read, Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not abandon me, nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. And how does he describe the salvation that God has given? For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. Psalm 146, 9 tells us, The Lord protects the strangers. He supports the fatherless and the widow, but he thwarts the way of the wicked. Jeremiah 49.11 says, Leave your orphans behind. I will keep them alive and let your widows trust in me. And the list goes on and on. Don't miss the fact that God the Father is the Heavenly Father to all who believe in Him. Romans 8.15-18 is so glorious. It says, For you have not received a spirit of slavery, leading to fear again, but you've received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. If your dad was a bum, if you didn't even know your dad, if your dad was a great guy but he's no longer able to fulfill his fatherly duty because of Alzheimer's, you have all the fatherly care you need in God. If your dad is a wonderful, Christ-honoring father, God is still a better one. Unlike Mother's Day and Grandparents' Day, Father's Day is an opportunity for all believers everywhere to focus on the great, majestic, perfect, heavenly Father. So yes, I believe God is very glorified when His people worship Him on Father's Day. Therefore, let's talk about the specifics of how we can do that. Number one, preparing. How do we prepare our hearts for Father's Day? Well, obviously, check out the celebration of God's Father's Day Bible reading. Exult in the passages about the perfection of the Father. Learn from the passages where God communicates His expectations for fathers. And glory in the passages where God promises to care for the fatherless. Spend time praying for your father, if he's still alive. If he's a good dad, pray that God would help him to continue to mature in his sanctification. If he's a bad dad, pray that God would soften his heart and draw him to Christ. If your father is gone, thank the Lord for the part he played in your life, even if that only means that God used him to conceive you. That is still an amazing gift. If you're a father, plead with God to teach you and reprove you and change you and mature you so that you can mirror him in your fathering. Put up a picture of your dad or your surrogate dads or your spiritual dad on your celebration wall, along with the scripture passages that draw your mind to praising God for the godly men in your life. Prepare the hearts of your other fathers in your life by encouraging and challenging them and strengthening them in their relationship with their Heavenly Father. And then on Father's Day, number two, celebrating. Of course, you can buy your dad a tie or socks. You can color him a picture. You can take him out to eat. But you should also spend some of that time in church. Hopefully, your pastor will offer a biblically balanced message of encouragement and conviction to help you or your dad or both of you to glorify God more in the leadership of your home. Spend some time reading and discussing what the Bible has to say about fathers. Thank the Lord for uh, together for the fathers in your life and pray for their physical and spiritual needs. Whatever you do, and regardless of the kind of man your father is or was, I encourage you to honor your father in one way or another. Send a card, call him up, visit him in prison if you need to. Perhaps God will use your soft heart and desire to reconcile with your dad as a way of drawing your dad to him. And what celebration of God would be complete without number three, discipling. 
Whether you're speaking into the lives of other fathers, teaching young men how to be a good father, or simply rejoicing together with your fellow disciples about the awesomeness of the Father, I hope you'll do it together. Sharpen each other, strengthen each other, mold each other, help each other be better conformed to the image of Christ. Have a great day on Father's Day because you serve a great God. And whether your dad is here or gone, good or bad, you need to rejoice in the awesomeness of God. I'm looking forward to this Father's Day, not just because I'm a dad or because I have a dad, but because I'm looking forward to enjoying the day in a way that promotes my Heavenly Father, and I hope you are too. Please share this episode on your favorite social media outlets, and join us next time as we look at part four of our Celebrating God at Church series. If you want to know God better, celebrate Him more, and help the ones you love to do the same, subscribe to this podcast and visit celebrationofgod.com to learn more about this dynamic discipleship resource. And remember, the Celebration of God is a listener-supported ministry.